Today's episode is sponsored by an upcoming movie called If. We don't go to the theater a lot as a family, mostly because it's tough to find a movie we're all going to like, but If is one of those movies. It comes out in theaters May 17th. I saw the trailer the other day, and we ended up watching the trailer multiple times to check out all the different imaginary friends that are in it. Some of them are what you would think an imaginary friend would be like, a nice-looking monster, kind of. But other ones are so random, like this one that's a knight and one's a dragon and one is just a banana. And it gets wilder, too, but I'm not going to spoil it all for you. The movie is about this girl who can see imaginary friends, and she goes on this magical adventure to reconnect forgotten imaginary friends with their kids. I know me and my kids are going to enjoy going to the theater for this one, and the cast has tons of our favorite performers like Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Maya Rudolph, Matt Damon, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Emily Blunt. John Krasinski wrote the movie inspired by his own kids' imagination to be funny and exciting for all ages. It looks like a real slam dunk. The movie If releases in theaters May 17th, and we are totally going, so check it out. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Kid Stories Podcast. I'm Phil Bechtel. Today's episode is sponsored by Pipsticks. Pipsticks has the coolest stickers. Clouds barfing rainbows, dinosaurs having a tea party, woolly mammoths at the disco, hedgehogs reading books, happy tacos, stickers you can color in, fuzzy stickers, dragons eating pizza. Pipsticks.com has all the stickers. They're super cool. Click the link in the show notes and find your favorite stickers from Pipsticks. Now, on to some shoutouts. Freya is a new patron. She's 11 years old and absolutely full of great ideas. Freya, I really appreciate your ideas. I think if you were a character in the valley, you would be a dragon princess that can shapeshift into a human. Thanks for listening, Freya. Nolan and Cade from Silver Spring, Maryland are big fans of the show. I'm glad you two enjoy the stories, and I think if you were characters in the valley, you would be the protectors of the Book of Power, and you would keep the magical book safe from all the villains that would try and steal it. Thanks for listening, Nolan and Cade. Today's episode is titled Manticore, and it was written with help from listeners Weston and Finn, who shared tons of incredible ideas to give this story shape and make it exciting. Thanks so much, you two. The golden-maned lions of the island of Katana roamed the jungles in search of food. As the lions moved through the trees, their bright gold manes glistened in the morning sun. Finn and Weston looked on as they did most mornings. The brothers were the stewards of Katana Island. Their lives were devoted to protecting the land and the animals living there. Finn stood up to look over the broad-leafed bushes and count the rare lions. His cat-like body stood well above the foliage when he stretched all the way up. The lions were so used to seeing the brothers that they rarely paid them much attention. I count sixteen over here, he said. Weston, kneeling next to Finn, wrote down some things in a notebook, marking the date, location, and number of lions they saw. Sixteen! That's great! said Weston. Looks like the pride keeps growing on this side of the island. Now, it looks like we need to do a census of the rat-bat population in the northern caves. 
Now let's get going before the sun drives them back underground. The boys gathered their bags and prepared to continue their daily monitor of the island's creatures. Finn slung his bag over his shoulders and picked up his tall walking stick. Finn was nearly eight feet tall and looked like a combination of a cat and a human. He and Weston were born into a long line of protectors, and their specific job was the island of Katana. Weston, more human than anything else, stood much shorter than Finn, but his tendency to carry heavy bags around the island day after day, year after year, had led his body to grow bulging with muscles. He tossed his bags over his shoulders, and the brothers continued to the northern caves. Their path would take them right through this foraging pride of gold-maned lions they were tracking. Wait, are there less now? asked Finn. They stopped walking, and Weston looked up. Uh, I don't think so, he replied, standing tall to see over the thick plants. You're the one with the better view. What do you see from up there? They're, they're disappearing, said Finn, with a tone of disbelief. No, they're not, Finn. Come on, we don't have time for this, Weston grumbled, and using his incredible strength, he quickly scaled up the trunk of a nearby palm tree. Halfway up, he saw what Finn mentioned. Where there were sixteen gold-maned lions clustered in their pride, there were now only eight. Weston looked harder, but he couldn't see the missing lions. Then, one of the lions he was looking at disappeared, just popped out of sight instantly. A thin white line, like a gentle thread of smoke, led from the disappeared lion to behind a huge stone. Oh my gosh, did you see that? said Weston, holding tightly to the tree trunk. Yes, that's what I told you. It's something behind that rock. Did, did, did you see that? Come on, said Finn. Weston slid down the trunk and ran after Finn. In a few seconds, they reached the huge stone, and behind it was a sight they had never seen. A sight few had ever seen in person. A manticore. It had the body of a lion, and the tail of a scorpion, and the head of a man, and large wings lay folded on its back. And it was huge, as big as three gold-maned lions. The manticore stiffened when it saw them run around the stone. Its tail whipped straight for Finn, who reached it first. Finn used his superior reflexes and agility to leap as high as he could, avoiding the swinging scorpion tail. Weston skidded to a stop. He reached into one of his bags and revealed what looked like a chocolatey dessert. He threw the small round confection at the manticore and it landed on the ground right in front of it. Before the manticore could react, the thing Weston threw exploded in a ball of flames. The gold mane lions all scattered and the impact of the blast knocked Finn to the ground. The manticore was knocked back with such force that it flipped all the way over. It landed on its feet but stumbled, still shocked by the explosion. Finn gathered himself and readied his walking stick. He leaped into the air, holding his stick with both hands. He almost came down right on top of the manticore to drive his stick down into its back. But just before he landed, the manticore disappeared. This time, the brothers saw exactly what happened. The same thin white line of smoke led away from the disappeared manticore. 
Before the wind blew the trail away, they followed it with their eyes to the scorpion tail of another manticore. Suddenly, all around them, manticores emerged from the jungle. The manticores all zapped the gold-maned lions as they scattered into the jungle. The lions hit with the magic, disappeared instantly. Finn and Weston had no idea what was going on. The only thing they ever had to deal with was poachers and habitat loss. Not some mythical creature that everyone said was extinct coming to zap the island's animals away. They leaped and ran to attack the manticores. But every time they got close to one, another manticore would zap it and it would disappear. Finn leaped through the trees trying to stop this madness and Weston tossed his homemade bombs, but they were all too late and it happened so fast. Finally, there was only one manticore remaining, and as the brothers charged it, the beast shot itself with its scorpion tail, and it disappeared. A second later, the forest was quiet. All the manticores and all the gold mane lions were gone. What just happened? shouted Finn. I don't know, said Weston. Let's check the other island zones. All day, Finn and Weston rushed around Katana Island, counting animals and looking for clues. Exhausted, they found themselves sitting on a rocky shore, reviewing their animal counts. All the gold-maned lions, every single one of them, gone, said Weston, reviewing his notes. The other populations are still stable, said Finn, flipping through some pages. It looks like it was just the lions. But why? wondered Weston. And where? And manticores? I thought they were all extinct after their island sank like a bajillion years ago. Yeah, yeah, none of this makes any sense, said Finn, rubbing his hands on his face in frustration. We've got to get some help. There's, there's no clues here on this island. This, this is all a mess. If we don't get the lions back, the ecosystem here is going to crash. So we'll go to Dragon Island and seek help from the other protectors, suggested Weston. Now, they're still rebuilding after the whole jelly bean attack, said Finn. Jelly bean attack? You mean, you mean the gloops? asked Weston. Yeah, yeah, the gloops, right. They sound like jelly beans when they talk about those battles, though, said Finn. Yeah, I guess they kind of do. Like big, squishy jelly beans that wreck everything in their mindless quest for destruction. But yeah, I forgot Dragon Island was still recovering, said Weston. There's that one dragon that lives in the valley, said Finn. Maybe he'd help. Being protectors, Finn and Weston knew they could always seek help from dragons. Well, I don't see any other options for now, said Weston. Let's reach out to him and see if he knows anything and go from there. The brothers slept through the night. They set out early the next morning to seek the help of the Grey Dragon and to solve the mystery of the manticores. The end. Thanks for listening, friends. The website is kidstoriespodcast.com. Send all your drawings and things to kidstoriespodcast at gmail.com and find hours and hours more stories over at patreon.com forward slash kidstoriespodcast. Adios.